Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sinuadi, for the welcome. And um, I hope you can all hear. Amen. Can we hear me? Can you hear me, please? Yeah. Looks like the network is a little. Is it clear? Yes, can hear you. Yes. Okay. 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 Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, thank you once again for the welcome. Can we pray in the Holy Ghost for the next few seconds? Can we just pray in the Holy Ghost? You can turn on your mic for those who are in a convenient place to pray in the spirit. Let's just yeah. do that quickly. Quickly, let's stimulate the atmosphere. Let's inject some vital energy into this atmosphere tonight. As Sula Vidish, the Hak Gazo, the Shila Beresto, the Propisa, the Propisa, the Propisa. Again, men are going to be transformed tonight. Again, men are going to be elevated. So, again, men are going to be changed. The word of God is perfectly converted to the soul. Thank you. 
Amen and amen. Father, I ask that everyone under the sound of my voice will receive an encounter tonight in the name of Jesus. Not an encounter with a person, but an encounter with divinity himself in the name of Jesus. Because meeting Jesus is not just meeting a person. Because the guys on the road to Emmaus, they met the physical Jesus, but they had not met Jesus. Even though they had heard about him, they had seen him physically, but they had really not met him. By the time he was done expounding from scripture, then they truly met him. And that's why you don't meet, you don't meet Jesus familiarly. You don't meet him casually. Peter had been walking with Jesus on the streets of Nazareth for several years, or perhaps, you know, many more years than we imagine. And then Jesus asked him and said, who do men say that I am? And for the first time, Peter met Jesus. And so you may have been around church for a long time, but you have not met Jesus. Tonight, I ask of the Holy Ghost that he will reveal Jesus to you in the name of Jesus. That's my prayer for every one of us under the sound of my voice tonight. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. God bless your hearts. Thank you for praying along with me. That was very, very helpful. So um, uh, uh, it's a long ride, like it often is. Um, I'm just going to trust God for utterance and for speed and for accuracy to capture the essence of what he would have me share with you tonight. I've titled, the title of my, I've titled my teaching tonight, Daniel the Gun Barrel. Daniel the Gun Barrel. And I choose to use the word gun barrel because it's, it's used as a simile. It's used like a metaphor for explaining how straight a person can be. That is, if you say someone is as straight as a gun barrel, that means he does not bend, he does not shift, he does not bend for anything or anyone, he does what he wants to do. He's just as straight as a gun barrel. And I really think that captures the essence of his personality, that's Daniel, and the ministry that God has bequeathed into his, into his hands. So tonight I will be exploring dimensions from the life and ministry of Daniel, but even beyond Daniel himself, I'm just going to be exploring from the very first chapter of Daniel chapter one. And we're going to just be realizing and, you know, discovering some deep things about the spirit of excellence, because uh, it, it will shock you some of the things that we would learn even in the system of Babylon. Because one of the things you need to understand is that there are principles that are repeatable with proven records, proven results. Once you begin to repeat a principle, the truth is that you are literally verifying the track record of that principle with results, with results. All right. So it's important that we understand that there are some principles that the world has caught, some principles the world has caught that the church is still trying to grapple with. The church is still trying to catch up with it, but they caught it, they started using it and they were getting results from it. And there are some of these principles that I even found in the city of Babylon, in that 
decadence, all right? They were using some principles because back in the day, they were perhaps the most successful of nations. They were the most, you know, uh, um, successful. They were the biggest in terms of artillery, in terms of capacity, in terms of economy, in terms of strength, manpower. Babylon was at the peak of their powers. And you will see eventually when Daniel began to give his prophetic insights into the future, Babylon was right there at the very top of the echelon. Do you see? So Babylon is not a small boy when it comes to building systems and structures that work. So when it comes to excellence at the level of the corporate level, secular level, Babylon is a force to reckon with. And there are some things that they did in that particular passage in Daniel that we can learn from and begin to glean from. All right. Then, of course, lay on it the power of the Holy Ghost and begin to deliver a level that is even far higher than what they could ever uh, achieve. Okay, so we're just going to be exploring Daniel chapter one, and I'm going to be bringing out 10 dimensions of excellence that are in, in sort of instructional format so that you can take something home, something you can write down and say, you need to do this. I need to do this. To do's, you, you may want to call it. So Daniel chapter one. And before I get into that, I'll need, to, I'll, I'll need you to, to understand that Daniel front end. Daniel, the front end of Daniel is the guy who has tremendous results in the secular world. This is a man who had, you know, four kings, right? He, he was very relevant across those dispensations. Under Nebuchadnezzar, under Belteshazzar, under Dairos, under Cyrus. This guy was so relevant that even one of them, his mother, had to tell him, Oga, oh what do you think you are doing in this administration? That Daniel is in his house. You, you retired what? You retired who? <laughs> This guy is the key to the successes of your fathers and the past regimes. You have better go and bring him out of retirement if you ever want to have a chance at success in your career. And this guy to go bring Daniel out of retirement, quote, quote and unquote. That was how relevant this guy was. Beyond anything that any one of them could do, this guy was just, a, you couldn't shut him up. You couldn't put him down. And these are the things that we see about him. And we say, wow, this guy is an excellent guy. That is in the secular world. He was very relevant. He was very successful. You know, people could emulate him and stuff like that. But I want you to know that that is not the real spirit of excellence. Those things are just the adornment on the outside. That is not the real spirit of excellence. The real spirit of excellence is in the back end. The real spirit of excellence is what I'm about to share with you this morning or rather this evening. All right. The real spirit of excellence that is at the back end of what you see in the front end. That which we see in the front end is a product of the back end. And that's exactly what I'm going to be sharing with you in these principles. Number one, let's go to Daniel chapter one. Bible talks about in the year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, who had, who had, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which was caused, all right, previous years by Hezekiah, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz and the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the, of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no guile, children in whom there was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science as such that had the ability in them to stand in the king's palace. 
and whom they might teach, glory to God, the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of his meat and all of that. But let, 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 let's start from something to learn from the Babylonian system. The first thing you need to learn, which is very much practical, something that will optimize your leadership tremendously, is that you must learn to optimize strength and mitigate weaknesses. And I'll explain what I mean. Imagine the entire infrastructure that is capable of turning ordinary men into global stars and phenomenon. All right. This infrastructure was prevalent in Babylon. They can change people's life overnight. So why didn't they go to the least of the least, the bottom of the ladder, people who were pretty much next to nothing and begin to attempt to optimize them? But that is not the way of sons. That's not the way of kings. You don't go and try to, you know, optimize strength or rather optimize weakness. No, you optimize only strength. He said, go and choose, choose the best then we must improve that best. We don't try to go to the least of the least and try to optimize and in your life as well. You must learn to optimize your strengths and mitigate weakness. No matter how hard a monkey tries to swim, he can never be the best at swimming. He can never be the best at swimming. Literally in their sleep, fishes are still swimming. Even in their sleep, that is with absolutely no form of effort or, you know, a contribution in terms of energy and dispensation they could literally be sleep or rather be swimming inside water a monkey cannot try that and even when a monkey closes his eyes a monkey can still climb a tree a monkey can still jump and do stunts on the tree all right so it is that strength that must be optimized not that you are trying to relieve and you are spending all your energy spending all your time improving attempting to improve a certain weakness this thing is a weakness there is no point don't try to optimize weakness what you should do is to leverage that version of strength so what i mean is this if you have recognized that weakness in your area in an area of your life look for somebody who has the strength in that same area then coalesce or rather uh, um uh, collaborate all right collaborate with them form a coalition with that person and then both of you on your strengths will make things happen. You cannot be attempting to, you don't have enough lifetimes to be attempting to improve all the weaknesses in your life. That's not how God has wired you to live. That's not how God has structured your life to run. If you run that way, you will be very slow. Imagine a snail that is trying to be a cheater. There is just no way it's gonna attempt to even be one of the top 100 fastest. You can't be the best at what you're trying to copy. You can't. It has to be something that is inherent, something that is inborn, a gift, a talent, something God has given to you. If there are things you realize that you're very good at, that's what you need to improve. That's what you need to optimize. That's what you need to develop. It is not attempting to improve a certain weakness. What you must do to weakness is that you must mitigate against their consequences. That is, if you know you are suffering for not having a certain strength in an area that you are already weak, look for somebody that has that strength. Make a collaborative partnership with that person, and then both of you will achieve a lot more together. Rather than you trying to spend all the years that you could otherwise invest in optimizing strength, you will spend time spent trying to you know, optimize a weakness and you will still not be as proficient as the person who is gifted. So what's the whole point?
So the two years you could have spent in optimizing your keyboard skills because you already have that strength. You are trying to get into drums, drums that is an apparent weakness. It will take you 16 years to become as proficient. And even that proficiency, you will still be as good as the guy that spent two years, you know, optimizing his own drumming skills because he already had the inherent strength. This is why it's important for you to, because the, Babylon, the Babylonians understood that when we get into Israel, there is no point gathering the weakness. There is no point trying to optimize weakness. You can't optimize weakness, you only optimize strength. Imagine you go to a market and they say, what is your value proposition? And you mention all the things you're not good at. You mention all the challenges and the feedback, the negative feedback that your customers give you. There is no way you will sell a product with that kind of a strategy. You go with your best foot. You go with your strength. You attempt to optimize your strength while mitigating against all the weaknesses by collaborating there is a reason why god has ensured that you will not be a jack of all gifts you can't be because it's a sign that listen only all of us can represent god together you one man cannot be god you are not jesus christ who has been anointed without measure by the holy ghost are you hearing what i'm saying now and so it is a sign that we must all depend on the strength of another in humility deferring one to another recognizing the grace and the gift of God upon a certain man and submitting to that grace when it is at work rather than try to compete and say eh, me too I'm good like oh God go and sit down recognize the gift in that man submit to that gift and then watch your own gift be fanned to flames praise the name of the Lord that's how it works it's to teach us of humility it's to ensure that nobody can be a united Christ. No, not one man. It's the entire body that must be called the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so it is important that even in your personal life and in your leadership journey, you must ensure that you are attempting to optimize strengths and mitigate weaknesses rather than try to optimize weakness and just leave your strength to become redundant. Number two, don't be naive. Watch what you feed on, all right? We may not have the time to be going through all of the, you know, exegesis on Daniel 1 and be reading all the verse by verse, but I'm sure you have read that for a couple of weeks now uh, with all the pastors doing a tremendous work in giving us dimensions and dimensions from the book of Daniel. So you are familiar with the text already. So you see, you cannot be naive. Don't even tell me that I, I know, you see, there are people who say things like, I know what I'm doing. You don't know, Jack. The truth is that everything you are thinking, you have been fed. Every single dimension of the things you thought were your original thoughts, they were not your original thoughts. Somebody programmed you. Don't be naive. Don't be naive. Daniel entered into a strange land and he saw feeding systems. He saw indoctrinations. He saw control mindsets. He saw patterns. He, those were the things he saw. Others were seeing food. Others were seeing dainties. Others were seeing different recipes of, of meals. This guy was seeing indoctrination. He saw patterns of control. He saw mind systems. He saw, he saw the technology of control and the weapon that the enemy uses to keep people under bondage and he refused it. He said, not me. I will not put myself under this yoke. He recognized the activities of the devil. Even though the devil was wearing suit and tie, even though the devil was serving him a nice meal, even though the devil was speaking good English, he recognized beyond all the facade that this is the operational machinery of the devil at work. Don't be naive. 
Feeding is the only strategy to indoctrination. I cannot indoctrinate a people have not fed. I cannot indoctrinate a people have not fed. Indoctrination is the only pathway to control. Did you see the, the connection? That's the value chain. Feeding is the only strategy to indoctrination. Indoctrination is the only pathway to control. Anyone who will control you must have fed you. Oh, Jakasadia. Anyone who will control you must have fed you. It's the same strategy all around, all across somebody who is manipulating you in that relationship. The truth is that he must have been feeding you. He must have been giving you stuff. Anyone who will play the control card on your life must have been somebody you have been feeding from. So don't tell me that it's not social media that is, that is influencing your thoughts. If it is social media that you are feeding from, it is social media that is controlling your life. It is social media that is taking literally the entire cells of your thinking and they are literally introducing to you, making it look like your own thoughts, but they have literally programmed you to assume that their thoughts are your thoughts by feeding you. Oh, yeah. By feeding you, don't be naive. Watch what you feed on. Watch what you feed on. God cannot control you until he has fed you as well. The enemy cannot control you until he has fed you. So who are you feeding from? And listen, listen, you cannot determine the consequence of actions. You only determine the actions. You can't determine the consequences. You can't cherry pick, oh, you know, I will choose the consequence and I will replace, I will choose the action and then replace the consequence of the action that I chose with an outcome that I prefer that is different from the actual outcome attached to the actions that I chose. You can't do that. You only have one chance to choose. You choose the action, you can't choose the consequence. And so that's why it is important that you check for the consequence of every action that you are about to take. Look for the consequence that you prefer, then choose it. You can't be choosing outcomes in the middle of a decision you already made. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So listen, you can't be choosing who is controlling you. What you can choose is who is feeding you. Because whoever is feeding you is controlling you. Are you hearing this? Daniel understood this. He understood. He knew it. He believed it with all his heart. That listen, whoever is feeding you is the one controlling your life. And he refused to be fed and controlled by a system that is not ordained of God. Don't be naive, guys. There's never a time in your life that you're not being fed. There's never a time. The question is who is providing the meal? The, the king had a daily portion prepared for these gifted children. Even today, there's a daily portion of fields, distraction, and irrelevancies prepared for you by the social media and by the enemy. Pre Have you ever gone on Instagram and then you see no new things. Nothing is new. There's never going to be that time. New provision every day. New every morning. And it's not the message of God. It is the daily provision of the king. Telling you, feed on me. Feed on me. Just keep feeding on me. You, yes, I, I will control you. Just keep feeding. Hey, don't, don't buy that. Don't buy that. Whoever is feeding you is the one controlling you. Guess what? By the time you are fed on it long enough, you begin to assume that your thoughts are your thoughts. It's a lie. You are fed by the things that are feeding you. Number three, understand leadership. These, listen, this is the back end of the spirit of excellence. If you will follow these patterns, the spirit of excellence will be indelibly visible in your life. It's not just about being successful in the corporate world. That is a, is a portion of the expression of the spirit of excellence. 
but that's not the bane of it because I can teach you to be relevant in several dispensations and it's corruption you use to be relevant. So it's not by just, because if you look at the front end, there are several back ends that can produce it. But the back end of the spirit is what I'm showing you here. You know, it's, it's the back end of the spirit. If a kingdom wants to create a pathway to succession, the king wouldn't feed his delegates with a substance less than what he feeds them. This is something we should learn from the Babylonian system. The king did not give a diluted version of what he was eating. Everything he was eating, he broke it down to their level and he gave it to them. That is leadership at the highest level. So there are some things you need to learn from Babylon and there are some things you need to debunk. If there are some principles that they are implementing at the rate that even the church is trying to catch up, you need to learn and understand. They lay upon it by the Holy Ghost. The king did not give a diluted version. In a lot of parts of the, uh, of whether it's our country or some African countries or even some countries around the world, you see that the, the, the kings, they relish in the fact that the people do not have access to the things that they have access to. So the food they eat is different. The clothes they wear is different. The places they go for the medical checkup is different. The cars they ride is different because the king must create a class different from the people he serves. That is not supposed to be the pathway of sons. Leadership is such that the, what the king is eating is what the people must eat. What the leader is eating is what the people must eat. You know, I, I've heard some very witchcraft-ish type of strategy for domination before, where the, the, the pastor discovers a secret. He discovers a new secret, you know, whether it's from a book or from a message he listened to, and then he's hoarding it. He say, ah, no, 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 let me not let these people, because these associates now, if they go and watch this thing, they can even know how to apply it more than me. So if they go and learn how to, how to be prosperous, they can now even become more prosperous than me. So let me not just give them the access you see, that is a corrupt mindset. That is a mindset that has been bewitched by the devil. Whatever the leader has access to, that is what the people must feed on. That's the only way you can create mighty men from a bunch of 400 hoodlums. Everything David exposed himself to, whoosh, he exposed them to. Every time he fasted, they fasted. Every time he was praying, they were praying. Every time he was studying, they were studying. Every time he was preaching, they were listening. Everything Jesus was exposed to, they were exposed to. Every time he went to pray, took them along. Even the, the, the ones that did not learn, they did not learn because they didn't want to learn. Not because he hoarded anything from them. He gave them all his secrets. And even after resurrection, he didn't say, hey, go to no, he came back, divulged everything to them. I said, go ahead and do exploit. And he was not even afraid of they doing bigger than what he did. He said, listen, greater works than I did, you shall do. Because me, I'm going. You are the ones that will be here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's the spirit of leadership. So if in your organization, you find yourself hoarding things from the people that you're subordinate, you are, you are not learning the spirit of Daniel. You are not learning the excellent spirit. You can't be hoarding things from the people you are supposed to be blessing and developing. You can't. That's not the way of songs. Oh, that's not the way of songs. Expose everything. Praise the name of the Lord. Number four, number four. Develop insight-driven convictions. Hey, this one is important. Develop insight-driven convictions. Don't be part of the bandwagon. Everybody's traveling, so you go to the uh, embassy. You begin to apply. The, if somebody asks you, if an angel should just meet you on the way and slap you and say, where are you going to? I'm just going. And why are you doing what you're doing? You can't give an explanation. You can't give a reason. You can't give a reason for the things you have believed. You can't. 
The reason is because you never make insight-driven, convicted decisions. They are just, they are just oh, bang, do a gun effects. And in your mind, you think you are the one coming up with that idea. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Thank God for people like Daniel. What caused Daniel to propose it that? What, what caused it? Why would somebody just come and then refuse to do what everybody's doing? Remember, these guys were not pagans. They were also Jews. Everybody jumping on the king's table. Everybody jumping on the king's meat. They were Jews. These guys had a God heritage. What happened to them? Only Daniel proposed his heart. Only Daniel. How far gone his generation had gone. How far gone into corruption, into lewdness, into deception that they saw a literal deception in front of them, a war against their own kingdom, and they could not recognize it. They had gotten so blinded by the God of this world that literal deities were, they were pushed agendas, propagandas were pushed in front of them and they could not even recognize it. They had been so desensitized. What caused Daniel to propose in that? If a king calls you now and says, come and eat with me. I'm not saying you should refuse eating with the king. You are a king yourself and in your own right. So you should have no problem eating what kings eat. That's not the problem. But what's the agenda? What's the agenda? There are no agendaless meals. Aye. There's no agendaless feeding system. There is no such thing as a free lunch. There's nothing like that. There is an agenda behind every gift. There is an agenda behind every extension of help. There is an agenda. If I help someone there, it's because there is a Christ agenda. Everybody has an agenda. There is, nothing like no string. There is, a, there is a thousand and one strings attached to everything. So no string. There is a, even if it is you have done it because of love, it's still a string. So that the person will see that you know Christ and then perhaps Christ can invade that person's heart too. It's an agenda, sir, at the end of the day. It's an agenda. Everybody has an agenda. All right? So there's nothing wrong with eating what kings eat because you're a king yourself. But why did Daniel refuse this one? It is because he understood the purpose of this particular feeding system. It was to indoctrinate a certain Babylon. It was to indoctrinate every Jew into a certain Babylonian ideology. That conviction was based on insight and not on a mere attempt to be different. You know, some people just say, I want to be different. I, you know, everybody's going one way, you go the other way. That can be foolishness. Everybody's crossing because the road is free. You now say, you want to be different. Uh, everybody's, you know, <laughs> everybody is standing. You want to be outstanding. Everybody's outstanding. You want to stand out. So you now go and do things that are foolish and you get yourself knocked up. <laughs> That's not the kind of difference. That was not why Daniel refused. He was not trying to make a statement. No. Eh? He was not trying to make a statement. All right. That's not the point. He understood. He had insights that none of them had. And we realized later that this guy was an avid reader. He understood things by the books. Listen to these guys. And I'm telling you this from a very deep place, guys. From a very deep place. If you will read your Bible at least five times, back to back, you will have a prophetic instinct. I guarantee you. Take what I just said. It's not in the Bible, but take what I just said to the bank. It will cash out. I promise you. Read the Bible. Back to back to back, five times at least, signifying grace. Read it five times. The kind of prophetic, prophetic instinct you begin to have, you will shock yourself because the word of God is an algorithm. The word of God is an algorithm. There is nothing that wants to happen in the future that the word of God does not already have a certain pattern to predict it inside his word. Nothing. Nothing. 
if you have consumed that canon, you have consumed it at least five times, there is a certain dimension of wisdom that you enter into. It is going to be auto schedule kind of wisdom. Wisdom that they'll be asking you, where did you get these things from? It's just the wisdom of God. You can't explain it. You've never heard some things before, but you just know it. It's because the word of God has become a living reality in your life. It's no longer something you hear on a Sunday morning. It has become a living reality. You can see things. You can predict things. When something is wrong in an atmosphere, you can you can discern it. You can know it. Nobody told you anything, but you just sense some things. The word of God has has made Himself to you a, a an instinctive an instinctive software of recognition. Anywhere you go, you can recognize spirit systems and indoctrinations going on. You can. Daniel entered that same place. Everybody was getting excited, thinking that, oh, ah, the king likes us. Lie, lie. King likes what? He wants to indoctrinate the next generation of Nebuchadnezzar. He wants to create another dimension, another set, another generation of Nebuchadnezzar. And you are there thinking that he likes you. He likes what? He wants to make you into his image and after his likeness. There is an agenda. Somebody is following you. You say they like you. There is an agenda. There is a portion of them they see in you. That is why they want you to continue to reinforce it. So they will follow you. Everything is agenda. Everything. There are no agendaless meals. No. No. Daniel understood that. All right? Daniel understood that. He knew that this one had an agenda. And it was from a place of insight and deep conviction. That he had gathered from books. Swoosh! Gathered from books. He had read Jeremiah pieces it because it was from Jeremiah. He figured that the, 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 the captivity shouldn't be more than 70 years. He had, he had pieces the canon. This guy had a prophetic instinct. So prophetic. The first thing you need to know about Daniel was that everything he did came from a place. We live in a generation that is extremely desensitized. People don't even know what they are doing. And they are the ones that will tell you, I know what I'm doing. You know, it's just funny. The people that think they know what they're doing, they are the least aware of how brainwashed they are. But if you ask them what they say, I know what I'm doing. You know, the, the, <laughs> some HR people have been talking about genders recently. Of course, I mean, I have a lot of genders in PowerPoint tribe, so I know my, my guys are not that way. But they seem to have a lot of complaints around genders who just decide to do foolish things. And they are the ones that will come with Buga's shoulder and they start, hey, I know what I'm doing. And nobody can tell me what to do. But you are the one most brainwashed because the thing you are hearing, the things you are saying, are the things you pick from TikTok, things you pick from some guy that has no, no destiny direction. He has, he's not a scalar quantity. He is not a vector. He is directionless, he's weightless, and he's saying something just because he has a thousand followers and or, or a few more thousands or even two million. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many millions of followers you have. If Jesus is, is accrediting you, then you are blue tick for life. If Jesus accredits you, that's the bluest stick you can ever get anywhere. It's not anybody's following. But because somebody who has some following tells you something, you pick it up and you start, you start doing th things that are very inconceivable. So the people that say things like, I know what I'm doing, they are the least aware of the degree of brainwashing that they have undergone. They are the least aware. They are the least aware. Are you hearing what I'm saying there? It's important. We live in a very desensitized world. It's a world where people say things like, I know what I'm doing. But they don't realize that they really do not know what they're doing. All right? They don't even know it. So, so for example, in America now, for example, you see a lot of ladies 
and I mean, the, the record is, is crazy right now. The, the, the stats are skyrocketing. Young girls from nowhere, they'll just come and tell their parents, I, I want to become a man. And they'll go for a vasectomy. And then they will strip their breasts off and mutilate healthy parts of their body. And they will say, you know, you know it's, a, it's a very Babylonian system. So the Babylonian system treats you its own life, tells you it's your truth. And that's why your, my truth, my truth became a, a thing. They will tell you it's your truth. Then affirm their lie by telling you it's your truth. And they'll tell you, go and start living your truth. Whereas it was all a lie. But in your mind, you are living your truth. Nonsense. Who told you that? That was the first thing God told Adam. Who told you you were naked? Adam said, it's my truth. I feel naked. That's not true. Who told you? Whoever told you is what defines the verity of that which you are saying. It's not just the fact that you are saying it and because you think hey, it's true. Who told you? Who told you? The devil is selling lies. He's calling it your truth. He's affirming his lies as your truth and telling you to go ahead and start living your own truth, which are his own lies. God forbid. I refuse to be indoctrinated. I refuse to be indoctrinated by a Babylonian system. I refuse it. It's, I, I refuse it. I refuse it. Somebody programs them to assume that their thoughts are really their thoughts, not knowing that those things are a projection of another person's ideology. Ah! And in your mind, it's your... You know, Jordan Peterson said, listen, at a certain level of clarity of thought, you have got to risk being offensive. If you must be able to own your own thoughts, you've got to say things that sometimes will go against the political correctness of the day. It will go against the grain of popular opinion. Just for you to get a sense of clarity that these thoughts are my thoughts, you've got to risk being offensive. Because the things you will say at the level of the highest level of clarity you have, there will be things that is not common in the social palace. It's not common. It's not common. And how many people even meditate to a point where they can literally own their thoughts in the Holy Ghost? Everybody is just junking in social media. And everything you ask, you know, there are pastors today who, who, who browse messages. That is how infiltrated we have become. That we, we, we no longer rely on the, the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost to inspire utterance. We've got to start looking for things that have been backdated, things that have been adulterated, diluted. You don't know the source of that person's article. You don't know the source of that person's spirit. And you just pick up something, you merge it there. Is it a graphics design? You pick a silhouette there, pick a, an icon there, pick you know a graphic there, and then combine it on your template and you create. That's, that's not a message. That's not a message. That's how far gone we are sometimes. All right? It's a culture. All right, that affirms lies and tells you to truth. All right, the enemy will always make it look like he's, he's on the same side with you. You know, if you see the way the American teenagers have been indoctrinated with this whole LGBTQ agenda, you'll be surprised. They'll make you look like they're on your side. Oh, you feel like a girl. Oh, that's because you're a girl. You're a boy. Oh, that's because you're a girl. You know, there are reversible, you know, medications you can take at any point. You can choose to eat a lie. And then Omega said, we're on your side. We're here for you. It's a lie. That's what the devil did with Eve. So I'm on your side. I want you to be wiser than God. I want, you to be, I want you to be at the same level with God. He was going to destroy their lives. Yet he came as a friend. He came as somebody who was on their side. Somebody on the same page with them. Somebody who understood their language. Somebody who could speak their own lingua. Somebody who they could vibe with. Eve was vibing with the devil. And he felt like a colleague. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful of the things you pay attention to. 
you've got to be really careful. In order to be an excellent person, you've got to severe yourself on Babylonian programming. All right? You've got to severe yourself from Babylonian programming. All right? Anytime you've got to be fully aware of your faculties, you need to know exactly when something else, apart from the word of God and the spirit of God, are introducing thoughts to your mind. You must be so conscious of it. You know when there is a breach of security, there is, a, there is an instant accident. Somebody in the White House would have told everybody around the president that there is a breach. This is a matter of national security. Get the president to a safe place. Get him into the bunker. There's just a tiny fly down across the defense. Then the, the, the technology and the security wiring of the soul, the place recognized that there's a breach, but it was just fly. But the, the president's already moved. That's how strong the recognition system of the security the security detail around the president, just a mosquito, but just that tiny little breach. There was that active recognition and immediate activation of all security protocol, everything on their toes. But many Christians' hearts are the most vulnerable to him. So vulnerable. A whole demon that you wouldn't know. Imagine a whole demon hijacked the faculty of Peter. He did not even know. After spitting revelations, moments later, a whole demon hijacked his entire faculties and he did not recognize it. That is how sometimes vulnerable believers can be. And sometimes even I have been vulnerable at some point. So you need to understand how sometimes you can't be too careful. You've got to guard your heart. Bible says with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. You, you need to know exactly the point when an introduction is not coming from your spirit. It's coming from a loose cannon. It's coming from an alien spirit. And if you don't shoot it down at that point, it can begin to fester. You've got to be very careful. All right? If you're just as programmed as everybody else, then God has no one who can create a recovery plan. Always. That means to the degree that you are aligned with this world, it is to that degree that God can no longer use you for a recovery plan for the same world. Oh dear. So it is only people who have an ear for God that can hear that a rain is coming. And this rain is for the saving of your household and every other person that will believe the gospel through your mouth. If you are just as indoctrinated as the world, everybody perishes. There is no Noah. There is no saving of the planet. Nobody existed after his dimension. Nobody. Simply because there's no Noah. Nobody to hear. When everybody is drowning in debauchery, drowning in indoctrination by the Babylonian programming system. You've got to be careful. Thank God for Noah. He heard. Ah! He heard. Bible says he condemned the world. He condemned the world. That's the spirit of excellence. It's the spirit that says, no, be as straight as a gun barrel. You can beat me, but I will not bend. You can beat me, I will not bend. That's the spirit. All right? If you are just as indoctrinated as other people, you can't plant divine, plant divine thoughts in your heart. Because you are totally dominated by an alien ideology. Ah, may God help us. Number five, you must become an influential person. Number five, you must learn the art of leadership. Listen, there's nothing noble about being impactless. Nothing noble about having no impact whatsoever on your environment, on people. Nothing noble about being Nothing. Nothing about it. It's not humility. It's the height of 
chose not to leverage it for the saving of your people. Bible says when a man is without one, is with, is with honor and he does not know it, it's like a beast of the field that perishes. Like you are just as, as without impact as a beast of the field. Uh, 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 look at this. All right. Every word in the dictionary has a meaning. That's why they're in the dictionary. Their meaning is their usefulness. You see, every word has a meaning. That meaning is its usefulness. The moment it loses its meaning, it loses its usefulness. And therefore, it no longer exists within the canon of the dictionary. That's exactly how you must see your life. That means if I'm using a word, I'm using a word that means something. That is, I can literally alter the atmosphere of an audience by choosing my word right, by applying the right tempo and tone and the morphology, everything, to the things that I'm saying. And it can literally affect the mood of a certain theater. It can even get a person to give his heart to Jesus just by the choice of my words. That is, those words take on the usefulness of their meaning. If the word lacks a meaning, it lacks usefulness. And it lacks impact. So we are just like those words. Imagine you are someone created by God. You've got meaning. You've got a use. But you refuse to be used. You refuse to have impact. You, ref you, know, you know when you're trying to say something and there's a particular word you're looking for because you want to make a particular impact on the hearers. That is exactly how God is looking at you. There is a specific impact you wanted to make. And he was looking for the pe specific person that will make that specific impact. And then he dropped you into this world and you ignored the entire investment of heaven and said, I'm a shy person. God forbid. I'm a shy person. You know, I don't like talking to people. Eh? Eh? What did you say, sir? You are what? So wait, wait. You are you are a shy person. So because you're a shy person, you should we should be we should take you out of the dictionary. You don't exist again. We should know God's investment into the entire infrastructure that birthed you, that gave you all the qualities and personality and gifting and abilities and talents that you possess. Everything should go to waste because you're a shy person. And everyone that could have been influenced by your deployments should go to hell too, right? Wow, fantastic excuse, fantastic, fantastic. Become influential. There's nothing noble about being impactless. Nothing, nothing. Listen to this, all right? Any, uh, it was only Daniel that received the instruction. He was the only one that proposed in his heart. You didn't see all of them proposing. It was only Daniel. Daniel was the only guy that proposed in his heart. He was the only one. But guess what? He had a circle of influence. He had a certain people that when he sneezed, they caught cold. He had a certain people that when he made a decision, his own household would make the decision along with him. That was the basis for which God encountered Abraham. He said, this one, he will command. He will command his battalion after him. He will command his 318 soldiers. He will command his wife, command his sons, command his daughters, command his household after him. He will command. He had a certain influence. If you are the only one trekking, you are just taking a walk. Nobody's following you. There's something significantly wrong somewhere. You've got to be influential. Daniel was the only one that proposed, but he was not the only one that went ahead with the execution of his own purpose. He was not the only one. There was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that were waiting on Daniel to give, him, give them instructions. Daniel, what do you think? This king's meat, it looks very attractive. What do, you, what do you think, Daniel? Should we eat it too? And Daniel began to give them perspective based on his deep insights. He said, no, no, no. This is the indoctrination going on here. This is what we do. We're not going to eat up this thing. Ah, ah the, the, the king will deal with us. Don't worry. I'll talk to this guy. Ah! What's that? His name is Melzar now. I'll talk to him. I have a relationship with him. Ah! Oh, dear. Daniel is such a guy. Such a man. 
I don't know if we'll be able to exhaust the thoughts tonight, but I'll just go as far as the Holy Ghost will help me. Um, I have 10 points here, but I can only go as far as um, 10 o'clock, or rather 9 o'clock tonight. All right, so um, only Daniel proposed in his heart, but all his friends became part of his own conviction. Have he made a conviction, a decision before? But you're not the only one that executed it. Those are moments of leadership. Those are moments of inspiration. Those are moments of influence. Only you proposed, but not only you executed the purpose. Only you. Ah, uh -uh. you were, They were not there now, but that's influence. That's influence. You have such a compelling command on influence. All right? Of influence, rather. He didn't put the gun to their heads. He was not, he, there was no under gun possession. Will you follow my conviction too? I don't want to be the only one in this conviction. No. It was influence. Because influence is one of those things that people have to hand over to you. You can't collect it from them. You can't collect influence from anybody. You can't bribe your way to becoming influential. People will give their, their loyalty and commitment to your cause by themselves because they count you worthy. They count you worthy. They say you are deserving of their loyalty, so they give it to you. You must have been doing something right for people to count you worthy of their loyalty. Loyalty is the most expensive commodity in this life. Expensive. And you can't buy it with money. It is only leadership that is rewarded with loyalty. Only leadership. Whenever people see leadership, they will give their all. They would even die for that cause. Because when you see leadership or guy, you will follow. You will commit. You will hand over your soul to the person who has led you with the integrity of his heart and with the skillfulness of his hand. These guys broke into barriers, entered into dangerous zones just to give David an eye, just to give him, you know, a taste of his desires. They, they risked their own lives. That loyalty is just on another level, right? It was because they, they had seen leadership. They had seen leadership. Have you demonstrated leadership to your members? Have you demonstrated leadership in, in, at work to your colleagues? Have you even demonstrated leadership to your, to your superiors? So much so they can't make decisions without, without consulting you because you are a leader. Hey, leadership is not a matter of age. Did you hear what Elihu said to all these old people that he was talking to in Job chapter 32? It's not about age. If you demonstrate leadership, people will look at you for answers. Never man speak like this guy. Never man speak like him. A dimension of thought leadership, a dimension of wisdom that this guy was operating by. So never man speak like this. We have to hear him. Even the arresters had to listen and they went back without Jesus. I said, sorry, never man. Never man speak like this. Become a person of influence. He did not hold the gun to their heads and start asking them to follow his conviction, but he was able to influence them. Excellence makes you an influential person. People will pattern things after you. Not ephemeral things like your hair, how you strike your beard, how you, how you pose for pictures. Those are kind of things that have absolutely no eternal relevance. Do you see? Those decisions, lifestyle, way of life, conversation. That's what I'm talking about here. Be an example. Look at the things that Paul listed. Not in, not, not in things that will not save anybody. In lifestyle, in conversation, in purity, in doctrine, in teaching, in capacity, in leadership, in decision making. Everything, they are willing to pattern it after you. Do you see? What's the economic coefficient, all right, of the things that people are copying from you? What was People are just copying how you dress. People are just copying the, the, your haircut, where you used to put your, your, your pattern. That's what people are copying, and you're happy that, ah, you're a leader. No, you are not a leader. I'm just telling you now. But I believe, <laughs> praise God. You need to allow people, 
people need to you need to be an example in doctrine in purity in chastity in honor in grace in faith in conversation in holiness that's it that's the pattern that's the pattern that's the pattern because those are the things that are valuable enough to push people into the eternal divide of heaven because the margin between heaven and hell is wide is wide that margin is wide it's wide and sometimes they just need an anchor can that is if people anchor their lives after you will they make heaven even if they don't know this jesus that is they, they never met jesus but they began to pattern their lives after you they began to go to church like you they began to teach like you they began to converse like you they began to study the bible like you and, and they just found themselves in heaven and like god also wants to have such indirect they encountered him on the way to emmaus or to damascus and then they met jesus yes that's fine but how about those who got inside indirectly? Somebody pushed them. They met a man in their secondary school. They met a man that left their lives never to be the same again. This guy changed my life. What about people that will make such testimonies? They didn't meet Jesus, but they met someone just as close to him. All right? That should be your testimony. All right? There are no shortcuts to influence. Influence is one of those things you really cannot buy. People have to offer it to you as a reward for the consistency they have observed in your leadership. It's a reward only for leaders. It's a reward only for leaders. I'll stop here. There are five more. I'll stop here. We'll continue from there next week. Thank you for having me tonight. God bless your heart. But please, all these things, practice and do them. These are not just things to be heard. These are things to be done. These are things to be implemented. These are things to be applied. Exercise thereby. And the Lord will establish you in this truth and in all righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. We're starting our fasting and prayer tomorrow. All right? Be an example in fasting. Okay? Be an example. <laughs> so starting our prayer and fasting tomorrow, six. I mean, six p.m. We're breaking every one of us, so nobody is left out. Ensure you are available for the six p.m. prayers. And the theme of our, the theme of the fasting and prayer is the posture of certainty. And I mean, no better time to be bringing that, you know, up, um, especially now that we're talking about Daniel. And trust me, if there's anybody that had that spirit of certainty, it was it was Daniel. And so we're going to be exploring what we mean by. The, the, the posture of certainty. How do you enter into some dimensions in God where you are like, you can't be moved again. Your legs are so firmly rooted inside the truth, nothing can shake you. <laughs> That's the best place to be. So we're going to be exploring the, the posture of certainty. Of course, it's just few charges and prayers in the evening. So please be available wherever you are, whether you are in transit, wherever it is, just plug in and be part of the conversation in the evenings in the mornings there will be a prayer direction shared for everybody so that it's, it's in your heart you're ruminating on it praying underneath your breath and then meditating on the word of god that was shared and then by evening we'll break after that charge god bless your heart i i trust that we all are doing well see you very very soon all right thank you thank you for having me tonight god bless your heart cheers wow what a word for more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Park Point Tribe.